So here we go. Today's daf is daf Zion, page seven, in the Hilgah Maseches Kedushin, and we're going to pick up on the very bottom line of Vav Amud Beis of six B. All right, let's remind ourselves we're going through um, the three ways of marriage that can uh, that an acquisition of marriage can take place. We said money, document, marital relations. Specifically, here we're focusing on money and value. Um, yesterday we focused on not only the transaction of money, but also the statement that needs to be made. Who makes this statement? And um, it has to be clear that it's coming from the husband's action. It has to be the, the whatever statement is made it has to be the, the husband's one on the active side that's taking in the acquisition. And we also went through various um, possibilities of a marriage being effective, even if the man said to the, gave the woman something and didn't make it a permanent gift. But what happened if he made it with a loan or with the benefit of the loan or with a gift that needs to be returned? Okay, so continuing on this theme, here we go. Amar Rava. Rava says, Tain Manilapoyin. If you have a woman who instead of receiving the ring, says to her husband, listen, I'm going to make up a story now. It's not this, but it could be. She could say, listen, I have a sibling that always wanted to receive a ring from a man. It'll make her feel great. Do me a favor. Instead of giving me the ring, give the ring to my sister. But by giving the ring to my sister, top of today's daf, I'll be married to you. In other words, it's as if you're giving it to me. So she says, instead of giving it to me, give it to my sister, and then I'll be married to you. It is a valid marriage. Why? From the laws of a guarantor. Now we're going to see how this plays out, but let's just remind ourselves what a guarantor is. A guarantor is somebody who guarantees a repayment. So because of the law of a guarantor, which we'll see shortly what it is, if a man says, if, if a woman says to a man, instead of giving me the ring, give it to somebody else, it's going to be a valid marriage. Now what's the shaykhis? What's the connection? So the Gemara explains. Arev, when it comes to a guarantor, what's the back method of how that obligation occurs? I didn't receive the money. How can I be a guarantor on the loan? What I personally receive. When the lender comes to the guarantor and says, Oh, you guaranteed the $1,000. I'm like, but, but, but you never gave me $1,000. So how does it work? Why am I obligated? Even though I got zero benefit that came to my hand. Still, what happens? I have a responsibility to pay back the $1,000 without receiving any sort of benefit. Somehow I'm locked into this loan. Hi, it's tsunami, this woman as well. Even though, bottom line, she's not the one who received the ring. She did not receive any sort of benefit directly to her hand. She can be meshabed herself. She can obligate herself with her hand in marriage. And give herself over. Okay? So, says the Gemara, says Rabba. Practically speaking. You have a man and a woman under a chuppah, he's about to put a ring on her finger, and she says, my dear fiancé, we're about to get married, 
I have a sibling, a friend. They've always dreamed of getting a ring from a man. Please give it to them. Well, yeah, says Rava, it's a binding marriage. If instead of the husband giving the ring to the woman, giving the money to the woman, a messenger of the husband takes his own money. See, he's not taking the husband. If he's taking the husband's money, it's clear it's a valid marriage. If Shimon takes Reuven's money and gives it to the woman and says, with Reuven's money, Reuven's married to you, so then that's clear that Reuven's going to be married. It's Reuven's money. Shimon's acting as an agent of Reuven. We're fine. What if Shimon uses his own money? Mekudeshes, we didn't have a Kanani. She's still going to be married. And how do you know that such a marriage, such a transaction works? From the halacha of an Eved Kanani. Now what's the halacha of an Eved Kanani? So Rashi explains that a Kanani slave does not have any financial, uh, they don't have any bank account. They don't have any money. So how can a Kanani slave ever redeem themselves? buy themselves out? The answer is with a third party. If a third party that comes over to the owner and purchases the Evakanani back for themselves, even though the Evakanani is not giving the money for themselves, they're, they're, they're acquiring themselves because somebody else paid. It's kind of like some, a sponsor. So says Rava, if you have Shimon walks over to Rachel and says, please be married to him with my money. So he's sponsoring the marriage. That's fine. Bukudashim did have a Kanani. Says Gemara, have a Kanani. What happens by Kanani? Even though he himself is not giving up any money, but he's still acquiring himself when he's redeemed. This Shliach, as well, or this uh, potential husband, as well, even though he himself is not paying, the husband himself, though he's not paying, he can still acquire a woman. You can have somebody sponsor. The marriage. What happens if you have a woman says to the husband, says to a man, I'm sorry, not the husband, a woman says to a man, give money to this other Jew. Now, usually the husband's going to give the money straight to her. Instead, she says, give the money to another Jew. And then, not that I'll be married to you, but I'm going to be married to him. Okay? So she's not getting any money. And she's not marrying the giver of the money. It is. It's incredible. How does this work? Says Rava, fascinating. You're still married. Why? See, here we go. Again. Let's get the case clear. This is incredible. Ruvain and Rachel are having a conversation. Rachel says to Ruvain, give the money to Shimon, and by you giving the money to Shimon, I'll be married to Shimon. So Shimon's not giving her the money, and she's not even receiving money. The husband is going to be the one receiving money here. It's fine. It's a marriage. Why? He says the Gemara like this, Kishmak. Arev, when it comes to the concept of a guarantor a guarantor obligates himself even though he's not he himself didn't receive any benefit so so do by this woman there's no problem even though he didn't get any personal benefit you can give over you could give over responsibility in the loan 
So Hayat Tsunami, this woman as well, she, again, we, what, what, what was the rule we said before? She doesn't need to receive money to be married. Even though she's not the one receiving the money, she could give herself over a marriage. So we established that, that's fine. The fact that she's not walking away with money, we're okay with. Now, but here's the problem. Doesn't the husband need to be the giver? Need to make an active acquisition? Says Gemara to keep explaining. Me dummy. But we could say, maybe the laws of a guarantor and the laws of marriage are different. Because Arev, when it comes to a guarantor, who's not receiving benefit, but obligating himself, the one who is giving over, taking, taking the acquisition, is losing money. And therefore, at least the lender has to lend. Right? In order for me to be a guarantor, I could sign on a loan. If the loan ever happened, I'm not obligated. The lender lost money. He gave up money. So now, okay, I can give over responsibility. But hi, Gavra, Kokani Leila Hayitza. But over here, Shimon, who's not the one paying, he's the one receiving. How could he be married without paying any money? Ruvain's the one giving Shimon the money. Shimon's going to be the husband. He's not the one paying. He's not losing anything. So maybe the laws of guarantors don't apply. The laws of an Evakanani will prove that that's not a problem. Why? Because by an Evakanani, is this Canaanite servant paying anything by, on his own? No, he's being sponsored. So Evakanani will prove that you don't actually need to be the one to pay in order for a transaction to be effective. The like a is not losing money because Kanye and he's still acquiring himself. But then we could say as well, maybe the case of Evakanani is different than marriage. Me dummy, who says you could compare the case? How some by the Evakanani Hakamakne It's the one who's paying. I'm sorry, the the one who's getting the money. He's receiving money and giving over the rights of ownership to the Ebed himself. But by marriage, this woman is giving over her hand in marriage, but she's not getting anything. See, at least by the Ebed Kanani, the master's receiving money. Over here, the woman's not even receiving money. She's not getting anything. So how can the condition be valid? So we'll say, let's go back to guarantor and say, proof from a guarantor, you don't need to receive money for this to be effective. We find by a guarantor, even though there's no benefit that comes to his hand, he can obligate himself. And therefore, says Rava, using both laws, incredible, using both laws of number one of Arif and number two of Evid Kanani, that by an Arif you can obligate yourself, even though you're not actively receiving money, and by Evid Kanani, you can have a transaction when you yourself are not even paying. It's going to come out that if Rachel says to Ruvain, you give money to Shimon. And by you giving money to Shimon, I'm going to be married to Shimon. It's a valid marriage. To Shimon. Incredible. Why? Joint understanding of these two halachas. Okay? Can I have a good trivia question? So far... We have one case in our Masechta where the husband could be on the receiving end and still have a valid marriage. Boy, Rav, Rav asked the question searching for information. 
If she asks somebody to accept a gift, she says, please accept the gift, and with this, you accepting this gift, I'll be married to you. What's the halacha? Omar Marzutra, Mishmeter of Papa, Mikudashas. Marzutra, quotes of Papa to say, Mikudashas, it's a valid marriage. Okay? Now, we'll see soon why. We learned earlier this is not true. The woman cannot be the active one in giving money. You just pulled a shtick in Rava's case, okay. But in her, it seems this is a standard setting, right? She walked over to a man, take this money, and I married you with the money. So, Marzucha quotes her Papa to say it's a valid marriage. Now we have to understand, because we learned earlier she can't be the one to pay, we'll see. If that's true, so then it should be considered is like property that can have a lien on it. And is being acquired with property that does not have obligation, that does not have a, uh, a lien on them. Okay, We're going to assume that a woman giving over her acquisition in marriage she could be compared to like movable property. She could be compared to real property. But the problem is we learned the opposite. Movable property can be like slept along with real property. So the halach is like this. It's very interesting. This is something called the Kenyan Agav. Which is once you're making an acquisition on one type of property, you should be able to make an acquisition on a different type of property. Now, usually if it's real property, you can acquire movable property along, like it's going to be slept along. The acquisition could be slept along with it, but not vice versa. So, Amalei, he says to him, Mi savret Amalei agav, no, hacha ba'adam chashuv, askin hirudim ba'adam chashuv, tabahi anad, dikamakav matanamina, gamra umekanyin le'inavsha. What's happening is, when she says to the man, please accept the gift, and by accepting the gift, we're married, what do you mean it's a valid marriage? Gemara explains, not with the actual money. There it doesn't work. But with the benefit, the pleasure that she has, that this man's listening to her by accepting a gift, it feels good to be able to give a gift to somebody and the person accepts it with, with, you know, with joy. The person accepts it. It's, it's a good feeling. That the, so it's that good feeling that has value that they're getting married, not the money. So here's what's happening. She's giving him money as a gift, but the marriage's not happening with that actual money. Once he, as he receives the money... He's giving her pleasure. So now he's on the giving end. There's a very powerful yisaid, foundational idea, which is sometimes you give by being a taker. Always better to be a giver. But there are circumstances where we need to be willing to take even if we're uncomfortable because by taking, we're giving. Sometimes many of us don't like taking things. We don't like receiving gifts. We don't want other people to go out of their way for us. But we have to realize it's, it's sometimes you're giving by allowing others uh, by allowing others to give to you. We learned also the name of Rava. These halachas that we say by marriage also applies to money. And we need Rava to say, um, to say this halacha holds true by marriage and by financial matters. If we would only said Because I would say this woman is okay. Through Bechaldu with any sort of transaction, by women, they always prefer to be living with somebody else than to remain alone. When it comes to money, you don't know which side of the deal a woman prefers to be on. 
And I would say that you that uh, by a regular situation of money, you can't use the uh, joint truth of either of Arev together with Eber Kanani to tell me what is valid. would have only taught us that this halacha about a third party sponsoring and all being valid transactions by money. I would say in general, I could be Michael my money. I don't need to receive anything. It's not true. Right? In other words, if a man and woman stand under a chuppah and the Masada Kedushin, the officiating rabbi says, no, where's the ring? And the woman says, you know, I want to be married to him without the ring. I'm Michael the ring. He doesn't need to give me anything. The halacha is, you're not married. Something has to happen. By, by regular financial areas, you could be Michael on it. By marriage, there has to be a transaction. And if we're tzricha, I need to know, uh, it has to teach me the halacha in both scenarios. Okay. Period. Here we go. Weiter. Another very, very interesting case. Amarav says, If a man says to a woman, Be married to half of me, Mekudashes, she is fully married to him. But he says, Half of you are married to me. It's not a valid marriage. One second. This doesn't make any sense. Why, if he says to her, half of you is married to me, is it not valid? I'll tell you why you can't do that. Because the Torah says, when a man takes a woman, not a half a woman, so it doesn't work. Well, let me tell you also, it says when a man, a man, a whole man takes a woman. So either way, it shouldn't be a valid marriage. Slow down. Hosam, it's See, a woman is never able to be married to two men. It's an impossibility. It doesn't work. So for a man to say to a woman, I'm married to half of you, it's, it's an impossible situation. You're leaving space for another man to step in, and that's, that's not called a marriage. But a man could technically marry two women. And therefore, when he says, be married to half of me, you know what he's saying? I plan on marrying somebody else too. Not that you're married to half of me and the other half is unmarried. What he means is, I still, you should know, I still have rights to marry another woman. But in a it's a complete marriage. If so, why don't we say that when a man marries half a woman, they're married. And it just spreads. It spreads. It's contagious to the rest of the body. Instead of telling me she's not married, say, she's fully married. A man's a woman. I'm married to half of you. Tarot says, you should be fully married. Why? If you say, the leg of this specific animal is a carbon The entire animal comes according to the opinion that it's not all an There's only when you're being makdish something, that the neshama is not dependent on it. When you're being makdish something, that the life, that it's a vital organ, the whole thing becomes an ayla. When you, so if you do a leg, the entire thing is not an ayla. But if you do a vital organ, the heart, the lungs, the face, something like that, the whole thing becomes an ayla. So over here, when you say half your body, we should say, listen, half the body, there's going to be vital parts over there. So therefore, she should be completely married. Says, don't compare the halachas of marriage, the halachas of sanctification. Hasam. Behema, hacha das acheres. 
Over there, when you sanctify your animal, it's completely up to you. What you do, how you do it, the animal's got no dust. But over here, it has no knowledge, has no mind to get in the way of that. But over here, when it comes to marriage, you need both the das of the husband and wife. And therefore, when he says, I'm marrying half of you, what is she agreeing to? Only half of herself to be married. And that's it. She never agreed to anything more than that. And therefore, we cannot say that the condition spreads out to the rest of her body and you're completely married. When, when, she, when the item that you're sanctifying can't get in the way, so then we say it spreads, because it doesn't matter. But if you say half of you, and she only agrees to half, you cannot say it spreads to the rest of the body, therefore you're not married. So the case of marrying half, instead, would be similar to the case of Rabbi an animal that belongs to partners. If one partner makes it holy, and then he buys the other half from his partner, and he sanctifies that half, the entire animal is Kaddish, but we still cannot be makravit on the Mizbeach. And the reason why you can't bring it as a sacrifice, Rashi here explains, is that once an animal is pushed aside from the Mizbeach, it's never able to go on the Mizbeach. So since as soon as you sanctified half of it, it wasn't fit for sacrifice, because only half of it was holy, even when you sanctify the other half, it's still going to keep its status as not being fit for the Mizbeach. And you're going to have to sell, uh, it all belongs to Hektish, Besamekdash, but Besamekdash will sell the animal and purchase another one in its place. So we exchange it, and, the, and whatever you exchange it for, it has a similar halacha. So therefore, that'll be similar to Kedushin, that it does not spread throughout, uh, throughout her, because she only agreed to be partially married. Says Gemara Shemami in a class, we learn out from this halacha of in three interesting halachas. Top of Amad base. First of all, Shemami Nabalichayim Nidchim. First of all, we learn that when you sanctify something which is a living entity, once it's pushed away from the Mizbeach, it remains permanently pushed away from the Mizbeach. We also learn that, that what's the important time frame to look at of inability to be sanctified when it's pushed away at the time of the uh, original sanctification. We also learn that... Um, something can be pushed away from the Zbeach even though there's not anything in essence uh, like a, a problem in essence even if it's just on the financial value of it also that's called Dichoy it's also called pushed away from the Mizbeach. That's the question for information. If a man says to a woman instead of saying half of you is married to me he says like this half, you is ha- mar- half of you is married to me with half of a pruta, half of a financial value. The other half of, is married to you with the other half of the financial value. Mahu, what is the halacha? Now, what's the shayla? So here's the problem. You need to give at least a pruta to a woman. So, in order for it to have financial value. So here's the deal. If you say half of a pruta like this, maybe it's not even an acquisition on half. And another half and the other half, it's nothing. So you're not acquiring either half, because you're using only a half a pruta on both halves. Or do we say no? You're just adding up the value. So you're counting out coins, so to speak. And therefore it's as if you gave her a pruta, you gave her a financial value, and it would be valid. And if you're going to say that Allah is, we consider it like he's just keeping on counting his money. What if he says, I'm marrying half of you with a whole pruta, and half you with the whole pruta. So before we said we have a problem, we can't marry half a woman. But again, 
Here you're giving an entire value on a whole woman. Where he wants to purchase two halves. And uh, you know, and now it's not going to be valid. I don't again. He's just like, counting it out, and it's considered like he's acquiring her in her, in her entirety for two prutus, and it should be a valid marriage. And if you're going to say that in such a case, it's considered like he just keep, keeps counting throughout the day, and therefore she's married, because he says half you for a pruta, half you for a pruta, but he really means the entirety for two. What if he splits it up on days? He says, I'll give you half the money today, half the money tomorrow. Since it's a different day, does that break up the acquisition and therefore you're not married? You're only purchasing half of a woman on both days and that's not good. Or maybe what he means to say to her is, We're starting the marriage now, it'll end tomorrow. Just a very long chuppah, so to speak. Like a very long, a very long marriage and that's a lot to take time. Some people are slower than others. They take their time on things and it's still considered a valid marriage. Or what about Shnei Chatzich Bepruta Mahu? What if instead of saying you're married to me, he says both halves of you are married to me? So he's giving her a whole financial value at once, but his statement is splitting it up. Over here, he's certainly saying to her that he's marrying her completely at one time. Or do we say, no, 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 there's no such thing as a woman being married in half? Just the Gemara answers to all of these questions. Teku, the question stands. Tishbi, Yitari, it's Kushiva Bias. We'll wait for Elio Anavi to come and answer this Shaila. Now, once we get on to questions that we're unsure as to what the answer is, the Gemara is going to get on a roll with uh, a couple of more questions where we don't have a clear cut answer to. So here we go. Boy Rava. Rava asked the question, searching for information. If a man says, your two daughters should be married to my two sons with a pruta. In other words, you have a father who's a messenger for his two adult sons. They need to be adults or it's not a valid marriage. He's a messenger of two adult sons. So he walks over. He doesn't want to spend two prutas. He wants to both. He wants two brothers to marry two sisters. No problem. Totally fine. So father of the boys walks over to the father of the girls and he says, I'll, pay, I'll give you one pruta in the marriage to both of your daughters. Ma'o, what's the halacha? Basar naisen zinan. Does giving over verputa is it just dependent on the giver and receiver? And over here, here money is being transacted. I don't know to do as in order to go by people who are getting married. And if there's two people getting married, you need two prutas. and you don't have it. And it's not a valid marriage. The Gemara says take it's unclear. We don't know. The question stands. By Papa, Papa asks a question, searching for information. What happens if we include something else in the marriage transaction? An item, for example, a cow. So, you have an adult man who walks over to a father of a minor girl who wants to marry off his daughter. And he says, I'll give you a pruta. I want to have your daughter's hand in marriage. And I also want to purchase something else along with her. You mean the daughter for half a pruta and either the cow, whatever item it is, for other half a pruta. And therefore it's not a valid marriage because you're not paying a whole pruta for the... Hand in marriage. I do more perhaps or he means like this. I'm going to acquire your daughter with money. And what about the cow? I'll acquire that with the Kenya Mashiach, with the pulling of it, with no money being transacted. And therefore the entire fruit is here for the marriage. And it should be a valid marriage. To which the Gemara responds, take. We're unsure. The question stands, Aliyah Navi. By Ravashi, Ravashi has a question searching for information. 
Bitcha vikarkoacha bepruta. Your daughter and your karka is going to, and your land is going to come along with a pruta. So before he included a movable object with the daughter. Now he's not including a movable object. Now he's including a real, uh, real property. Says the Gemara again, he wants to acquire the land separate from the money, just with the Kenya Chazaka, and it should be a valid marriage. Take we're unsure. There was a man, he wanted to marry a woman by giving her silk. Rabba says, you don't need to evaluate the silk to make sure it has financial value. She could just accept the silk and we'll say it's a valid marriage. Tzrichashuma means it needs to be appraised. You need an appraisal. Okay. Therefore, if a man gives a woman silk and there's no appraisal on the value of the silk, she's not married. Why? Because she doesn't know that she's receiving the value of her prut at the time of marriage. So she doesn't clearly know she's being married. She doesn't have full acceptance of marriage. Finito. Not married. Says the Gemara, Now, if the guy says, listen, I'm marrying you with the silk no matter what it's worth. Everybody's going to agree that if you know for sure that it has at least the value of a bruto, you're fine. Uh, you, you see there's value here. If he says to be married with 50 zuz, and it turns out it's not worth 50 zuz, you're certainly not married. Where's the source of our shayla? Where's their machlaikas? He says, take this silk valued at 50 mana, 50 zuz, and it is worth 50 zuz. So here's the shayla. You're married. Why does Shabachamshin? Everything was fine. He said, it was true. Givaldik. You need to appraise it. Since a woman herself is not an expert in Shuma, by some chadaita. She's not relying, necessarily relying on the fact that it's worth 50 zuz. Which, by the way, is one of the sources, one of the reasons why, under the chuppah, we insist that the ring of marriage has no diamonds on it. It is a simple gold band that is easy to know the value of. When it comes to diamonds, it's already complicated for a lot of people. You can have fake diamonds, real diamonds, different levels of clarity, and up and down, and all those things. And a woman may be thinking at the time that she's receiving a ring, even if the husband's not expressly saying, but maybe she's consenting to marriage because she's, she's getting a big rock. Turns out the rock's a fake, and the whole marriage is uprooted. So instead, we take a simple band of metal that we know is at least worth a pruta. There's no shtick over here, there's no room for her das to not be fully in. And we say, is this worth to you at least a quarter, whatever it is, right? At least a minimal amount, a nickel, a dime. And uh, a, a pruta, and she's bekabalit, and therefore there's complete smichas das. There's complete reliance and confidence that she's giving herself over completely in marriage with the minimal value of money. Some say that they argue, even when the man says, accept the marriage, whether or not the silk is worth 50, whether it's worth one. The value of money is like money itself. Just like if you give her money, she knows exactly how much money she's receiving. He says the reason why I need to evaluate it is because the same way she knows exactly what she's getting if you're giving her money, she has to know exactly how much she's getting if you give her silk. And therefore you always need to give an appraisal. You always need an appraisal on the silk 
before giving, uh, in order for it to be a valid marriage. Okay? So Rabbi Yosef holds you always need appraisal. Abayi argues. We're going to hold it here for today. Bezim, tomorrow, Rabbi Yosef is going to come to try to prove his side of the machlaikas that whenever you give something that's value instead of straight up money, it needs appraisal. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, Chabra.